Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And happy Monday afternoon to everybody. Glad you're with us on another edition of the Eagle Hour. Hope everybody out there is safe from the second round of storms that came through Mississippi last night. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Opening segment of the show today sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Can't remind you enough of the importance of supporting local restaurants. Dickie's open seven days a week through their drive through and their takeout. So please, make uh, dinner plans with Dickie's Barbecue. Give them a call. You can go online, dickies.com, have the food delivered to you, or you can pick it up right uh, at your, you know, right conveniently pick it up uh, through their drive through window. Okay, great show today. We're excited to have basketball coach Jay Ladner with us. We're also going to be talking to a news reporter uh, later in the show, of all places, uh, that covers the University of Wisconsin and a pretty startling decision that they made there about uh, spring sports uh, in relation to COVID-19. And, of course, Kelly Sander will be joining us later in the show. But first, basketball coach Jay Ladner. Coach, thanks so much for your time today. Bob, Luke, I always enjoy being on y'all's show. you got a great show. Honor, honored always to be on. So thank y'all for asking me. Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, I We were really impressed with your signing class, and we'd like to uh, – We'd like to go over each of those kids individually, if you know, if time will allow. But your overall impressions of, of the kids that you were able to get signed up? Well, we've gotten off to this is this is as y'all you know would probably already know. This is our really our first recruiting class. It's been our first year year long cycle of recruiting. Uh, by the time that we were able to get on uh, campus last year and get started, recruiting was signing day and so forth had passed. So. Uh, we, we were certainly happy with the guys that we were able to land last year, but this is our first recruiting class that's going to, I think, define our future at USM, and I don't think we could have gotten off to a, a better start. Our kind of guys, Southern Miss kind of guys, tough, hard-nosed, fit, really fit the criteria that we, we, that's been tried and true for our particular uh, philosophy in terms of helping us be successful, but also great diplomats of the university and representatives. That's important. That was one of the things that, Dr. Bennett and, and uh, Jeremy McLean uh, just kept going over and over about how important it was to bring the not just winners and certainly winning is important. Uh, they emphasize that as well, but the, the, to do it in the right way and do it with the right kind of guys. And, and these young men fit that bill for sure. Coach, let's start with uh, Tay Hardy out of uh, Pearl River. Junior college All-America. We know he's a great point guard, a great basketball player, but the kid's got a 4.0 GPA. He's just a quality kid. Well, you know, and and again, y'all are just getting a little bit uh, taste of it, the type of young man. I'm going to give you a very uh, great example of him. First of all, uh, great program at Pearl River. Chris Oney, the coach there, they do an, an incredible job. They were the number one, unfortunately for them, they were the number one, uh, seed going into the national tournament and um, uh, undefeated, uh, it just just incredible. You mentioned he's first team All American and best player on the best team in the country. And um, 
for them not to be able to go play and win that national championship was certainly I know they were disappointed in that's beyond their control though. But they had you couldn't have a better year than they had. Tay Hardy, so Tay's committed to us for a while. Every, everybody knew that we were recruiting uh, needed needed a point guard, uh, but you know a point guard for a basketball team is is their quarterback. He's the extension of the coach. He's just like the football quarterback. He 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 keeps everybody organized, and you got to have the right type of guy. He he not only has to be talented, but he has to have the right mental makeup and leadership skill. Well, here's a case in point. You've already mentioned a lot of the accolades that that he had, but while we're so excited. Uh, he was he's in an early committee. He's been committed to us for a couple of months. Well, Tay Tay calls me a couple of weeks back, and and this was before signing day. And he goes, Coach, he said, can you share with me all of our players' uh, uh, numbers and the, the returning players? And he said, also all of our guys that are already committed to us, which at that time were the same guys that we were able to sign. And uh, and and I said, yeah, I said absolutely, Tay. I said, what what do you what's your what's your thoughts? He goes. Coach, I just want to start getting developing a relationship with them, let them know what we got to do to get ready to win next year. <laughs> and so, that as you mentioned, I'm not sure if this guy's perfect or what. He's he's talented. He was the the six A player of the year uh, out of Georgia his senior year. He's he's a he's a high high character kid. He's a great basketball player, and he's an outstanding leader. He's everything you look for in a player and. He's he's the type of young man that we we want to turn our team over to in the sense of leading our team. But I didn't have to tell him to do that. He did it on his own. So you know we couldn't be more excited to have Tay Hardy uh, uh, leading the Golden Eagles next year at the point guard position. Right, we've had him on this show. We were all really really impressed uh, with him after we had a chance to talk to him. All right, also this got Luke and I pretty excited, Coach. You get you a six ten, two hundred and seventy pound kid out of uh, South Carolina. <laughs> Well, there's a local connection there. Uh, recruiting is a lot about contacts and so forth, and I'm going to draw a local contact here. Um, I was As soon as the season was over with, I was actually going to uh, – I flew to Charlotte, North Carolina. They were going to have a prep school. Prep schools are not very prevalent here in the Deep South, but they're very prevalent in other parts of the country, particularly on the East Coast and the Northeast. And, and a, a prep school, just for the people that are listening, it's, it's basically a year in between high school and, and starting college somewhere, and it gives the player a chance to develop a little bit more. There used to be a lot more of an academic uh, uh, element to it that the NCAA has eliminated a lot of that due to, due to some fraud and in some cases that affected the, the ones that were trying to do it right. Different story for a different day. But I, I flew up to Charlotte, and I'm watching this tournament, which included Mark Jackson, another one of our signees, but had teams in from all over the world. And uh, so I, I sit down, and uh, as I'm sitting down, uh, 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 the, the head coach uh, and uh, owner or proprietor of this school, Moravian Prep, which is, has an incredible reputation of putting out players, uh, high, high-level players all over the, and feeding players all over the country, I'm sitting down, and the the head coach, and like I said, owner proprietor, a guy named Jeremy Ellis, who is from Picayune, um, comes, and I didn't know that we didn't we didn't have that relationship yet. But it, he sees me walk in, sees my Southern Miss shirt, comes over, sits down. We talk for about ten minutes, and I make a connection. And I'm originally Picayune. My dad used to coach at Picayune back in the old Big Eight days, and from in the '60s. And so anyway, was born down there myself. And so we're talking. 
and um, uh, developing our relationship. Newton, he played junior college basketball here in Mississippi at Holmes for Todd Kimball, who's a friend of mine. And anyway, long story short, we we really struck it up. Well, about that time, there again, now they're starting to warm up. The team comes out for warm ups, and there's this the the biggest <laughs> massive human I have ever seen at that age comes out to warm up and immediately gets my attention. And I said, Jeremy, I said that's your team right there. Who who is that guy? And he goes, well, Coach, you know, he's already got named all the schools. And he said, uh, they've already, you know, it looks like it's kind of a done deal. He said, I'll try to get you in there. and But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can kind of get you all in the mix. People are going to be a little bit late to the party. Well, he did. And uh, long story short, after a lot, a lot of hours and time spent with him and his mother and everybody else, uh, we, we, we were able to get him flipped in, in the here. But I have never seen a finer physical specimen of a young man at his age and and really he's never lifted much of weight Mm he's just got into weights for the first time this past year so he gets into a college strength and conditioning program and we have an outstanding one and 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 obviously uh proper diet and so forth and no telling no telling how big this this young man can be and and he even at that size he's very agile can can run end to end very well he's got great hands and we just didn't have that body type on our team. You know, most of the time last year we started Leonard Baker, who was about 6'5", in the post, with, and, and but a little bit light. Tyler Stevenson, 6'7", a little bit light in the tail, too. That was our post, but we just didn't have that. Bobin Jick-Domney was as close as we had to that, and he was our first post off the bench. But Bobin obviously graduated, Leonard graduated. So to have to have that big body type and to be able to bring him in and, and, and work with him and develop. And here's what, here's what I'm excited about him. I don't know if people can remember. People probably don't remember Tyler Stevenson's freshman year because he didn't play very much. He only played just a few minutes on Coach Sadler's last team. But this year he, he goes, becomes one of the best players certainly on our team and maybe, and, and I think in the future, will be one of the best players in Conference USA he made a lot of progress, and I, I give Coach Weatherspoon and Kyle Rohn, they work with our post players every day, uh, a lot of credit, as well as well as Tyler's dedication and, and his attitude commitment, too. And if we can make that type of progress with those guys, this young man probably further advanced than Tyler was, certainly a different body type and a different style of play, but it's exciting to see that the big players are, are, are like offensive linemen with football teams. It takes them a while sometimes to come in and be that polished uh, product that you want. But but I feel like that we have the right people in place and like right program to help them do that. So right, anyway, to have that big, that big rascal in there is exciting. Hold that thought. We're going to hold you over to the next break. And let me verify okay. that no one in my life ever referred to me as the finest physical specimen he has seen in a kid that <laughs> age. All right. <laughs> we'll get Luke involved in the conversation when we come back. Jay Landers, I may, I, may have, I may have been requ- I may have been uh, referred to the other way. There you uh, go, Coach. Not, definitely not that way. All right, more from Coach Ladner right okay. after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. 
and beautiful downtown Laurel. Greatly appreciate you joining us for the Eagle Hour today, the second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Right now, if you want to buy you some Golden Eagle swag, visit them online at campusbookmark.net, campusbookmark.net, and uh, is the place to go for all of your Southern Miss needs, attire, swag, everything you need to cheer on the black and gold you can find at Campus Bookmark. We continue with Southern Miss head basketball coach Jay Ladner and just talking through uh, this exciting 2020-2021 signing class. And, Coach, we talked about Tay Hardy. We talked about the big man Belton. Uh, another kid um, that we had a, a connection to already, Mark Jackson, he's from Estonia, and uh, he was actually teammates with Artur Kanatsuk. And uh, this is an exciting guy because it seems like we are getting height. And he's a he's a six seven guy. He's got some beef on him at two hundred pounds. I know you're excited about Mark Jackson. Well, Luke, uh, let me tell you about Mark Jackson. Last year, when we, we again we mentioned about kind of put this in context, we were getting the, we got the job late, and and sometimes you got to think outside the box. And and we were able to utilize a connection that we have overseas. Uh, basketball in Europe is is different than in the United States. If you're a good soccer player, you kind of go to a soccer development academy, uh, basketball player to basketball development academy. So we learn to identify those and the ones that uh, are uh, uh, have are the best of, of those type things. Get Better Academy is located in Prague, uh, Czech Republic. And uh, so when we got the job late, we thought outside the box where you know because most of the American players were naturally already signed and. Uh, where, where can we find some players? Well, Artur Kanatsik is a name after touching base with their uh, director over there. That that name was still on the on the table. Watched him as we were watching film of Artur, and this is certainly nothing to take away from Artur because Artur has a starter, had six eight, and had a, had a outstanding freshman year. But the player that kept getting our attention was Mark Jackson. Uh, Mark Mark is is a uh, uh, Certainly a bet. He's a different type player than Artur is. Uh, Artur is a, a, a good outside shooter. Mark's a sniper. Um, uh, Mark's more athletic than Artur. So he kept getting our attention. Now, again, we like Artur. We love Artur. Expecting a great year from him next year. He got tons of experience this year as a true freshman. But Mark Jackson was the guy that we felt like that was the uh, a, a guy that we would love to have. Well, uh, it worked out in our favor. He had all kind of offers. Uh, last year, but he broke his ankle, and because when he broke his ankle, a lot, of, a lot of people lost track of him, especially the fact that he was overseas. But we stayed with him, and we continued to recruit him. And then our tour obviously came over and had a great experience, which helps us in the future in terms of recruiting their guys. They'll have about thirty to thirty-five of some of the best players across Europe uh, at that particular school. So again, that's a great relationship for us. But Mark Jackson, six-seven, he's athletic. Uh, uh, can really, really shoot the basketball from the perimeter. Gives us a really athletic, big guard uh, that 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 can that's really, really ready to step in and play uh, immediately. He's going to be he'll be a little more advanced than your normal freshman. Um, so, can, uh, we one of the things with criteria wise, we we have a very strict criteria. I asked my assistants to. Make sure they ask themselves before they bring a prospect to the table, and we, you know, and, and without boring everybody with all of them, because there's about there's about twelve of those uh, criteria that we we ask them. But one of the things uh, we want guys we want guys to 
to be tough. We talk every day with our team about the Southern Miss attitude, what it means to play at Southern Miss. This, this transcends basketball. This, this is that nasty bunch mentality. That, we want guys that, that that's who they are. That's who Tay Hardy is. That's who Javarzee Belton is. That's who Mark Jackson is. Guys that are competitive, uh, backseat to nobody, fear no one, bigger yard, bring it on. Hey, let's get after it a little bit. We want them to have that, that competitive spirit, competitive mentality. And and then this class does that. Another one is the fact that they can they shoot the basketball. Um, we unfortunately had a lot of guys I felt like on our team last year that were good enough athletes, but uh, one way or another we just didn't we didn't have a lot of options to go to. Particularly if 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 Drain wasn't really shooting the basketball well from outside, didn't have a lot of other options to go to. This kid this kid solves that issue and uh, can really shoot the ball. Great range, picture perfect form. So. He's a young man that that I felt yeah. like we got an absolute steal in. Um, this is I watched some of his highlights, Coach, and he he yeah. is extremely good. I mean, it was just he was a dagger, like you yeah. said, a sniper from the outside. I want you to talk also about uh, I believe it's Jaron Pierre, number four prospect out of Louisiana. He's a good looking kid, six four. He's another guard, and it seems like we got yeah. a lot of shooters and ball handlers in this class. Well, we felt like that was an area that we had to address. And, and uh, Jerron Pierre, uh, best prospect in New Orleans, I think other than the Beekman kid that's going to Virginia out of, uh, out of uh, Baton Rouge, uh, I think he's the best player. They braided him at four. I think he's two. But, but still, two, three, four, he's still a high-level guy. And it, one of the things that we rate, I think, I think we have to, and we've done it for years with football, particularly in that area, uh, is reestablished Southern Miss. We're, we've got a great brand recognition in New Orleans. Uh, we've had this goes back to every Southern Miss has been recruiting players out of New Orleans since we've existed and athletics have existed. We've got to continue, we've got to rebuild that and continue that. Uh, one of the uh, relationships we had there is at St. Aug High School when I was coaching at Southeastern Louisiana. A great friends with uh, the, one of the, the probably that maybe the most storied program in Louisiana is St. Augustine High School plays in the Catholic League, which is famous there in New Orleans. All kind of NBA guys have come out of there. Well, this, he's the best player on that team of, of one of the best teams in Louisiana. Uh, I, we want guys that come from winning programs, too. I want to emphasize that. And he's one of those guys, a long guard. This, this is a young man. I'm not going to stretch by saying this and put too much pressure on him, but this is a young man that if he will come into Southern Miss, and, and he's got incredible attitude, but he comes in that he's got a chance to be a pro. Uh, I, I, and and, and I, when I say a pro, I mean I mean a, I mean an NBA guy. Long can really shoot it. He's athletic. Got a great quickness burst. Um, has played it at such a high level. I just I just I'm, I'm probably so optimistic about this class. And uh, maybe I, I don't want that to come up sounding like I'm too optimistic, but I'm certainly excited. I hope y'all can feel that. But this is a, this is this is another kid I would use the term steal. Uh, that we were able to get in there and get him. And the only reason I felt like we were able to get in there and get him was because our, our long-time relationship with his high school coach, Mitch Johnson, there at, at St. Augustine. So this, this kid, this kid's, uh, he's a good one. And I, I know we got a lot of people. Y'all have a lot of people listen to you. I listen to y'all every week. But this is a, uh, an exciting class, and there's more to come. There's more to come. Good deal, Coach. All right, we've got just two minutes left. We don't want to leave out Blake Roberts. That's a pretty uh, well-known name. That last yeah. name rings a bell with me. His his dad was pretty decent. 
athlete, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, thank, I'm glad y'all didn't leave him out because I was certainly going to mention him, and, and you can't talk about this class without talking about about Blake. Blake Blake's a 30-some ACT young man, was a heck of a player for Oak Grove this year. Oak Grove was the number one team in the state. Didn't win the state championship, but they were the number one team for a long time in terms of rank, got upset in the playoffs, and he was one of the better players on that particular team. Um, uh, it's important local kid, but his, his Golden Eagle legacy uh, with his daddy Lee Roberts, the quarterback, uh, that means a lot. That's, that means a lot to me personally of us kind of rebuild the, the way we're trying to rebuild it with Southern Miss guys. And so to have uh, Blake being willing to come on as a preferred walk-on, uh, and, and I'll say this, this isn't, you know, sometimes you talk about a preferred walk-on as daddy was a great quarterback. This isn't a charity deal. Blake Roberts is a is an outstanding player in his own right. He's just able to come to Southern Miss because he's so high academic. Uh, he had he, Blake Roberts had other offers. Now I don't, he didn't. I don't think he. We were probably his only Division One offer. But he had he had other opportunities to go play basketball. And uh, he's not a. This is not a charity case. This young man's going to help us win. He's going to help us uh, every day, certainly in practice. But he's also eventually he's going to have time to help us out there on the floor. That's how much confidence I have in Blake Roberts. Good deal. All right, Coach, we sure appreciate it. You know what I like about you more than anything, Coach? I can just tell in your tone of your voice and, and the things you say, you are a golden eagle, and that's what we <laughs> like the most. Well, I, I promise you, growing up, uh, my mom and dad both worked there, and uh, and having the great uh, honor of playing there, it, it couldn't have – I'm living a dream. I'm living a dream. I'll say that, and I, and I, it wouldn't be any other way. But uh, grew, grew up in a Golden Eagle family, and gonna die, gonna die like that. <laughs> no time soon, we hope, Coach, because we're looking uh, forward to some great same, basketball. Same yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. We're really excited for you and for the program, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys tip it off. Hon- honored to be on y'all's show. Y'all keep up the great work promoting our university and program. We thank y'all too. All right, Coach. Stay safe, Jay thank Ladner. You. Everybody, head basketball coach. At Southern Miss, and Luke, you can hear the excitement in his voice, man. This this guy's landed him a recruiting class, hasn't he? He has, man, and I'm excited just when he says, "Hey, there's uh, there's there's more to come." That gets me excited too. Listen, Luke Johnson wasn't even a preferred walk on, and it worked out for me. So I'm excited to see how Blake <laughs> Roberts will contri- contribute also to Southern Miss basketball. There we go. All right, Eagle Hour continues after this. Stay with us. Lots more to come. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back, everybody. want to thank Coach Jay Ladner for joining us in the first two segments of the show. also want to remind you that, of course, we stream the show live every day. You can also hear the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure I've forgotten one or two. Luke could fill you in on each and every where you can find the podcast. But we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in every day. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Good buddies of ours uh, right in the shadow of the football stadium. 
they are serving lunch every day. They are serving dinner at night. Of course, it's just a drive-through, and you pick it up at the front door. But the food is the same, delicious as always, and we, again, can't emphasize it enough, the importance of everybody supporting our local restaurants and until they can get back open and on their feet. All right, our next guest uh, comes to us uh, from the Wisconsin State uh, Journal. He is a reporter for that organization up in the state of Wisconsin. Todd Maglowski is uh, with us, and we appreciate very much, Todd, you being on the radio show. And you bring an interesting topic to our program. Uh, We've talked a lot over the last few weeks about how things are going to, uh, how how the COVID-19 is going to affect universities and and uh, you bring to our attention that the University of Wisconsin, a major athletic department in the country, is uh, not going to be able to uh, honor its uh, senior scholarships for spring sports for, for any kids that may get an extra year of eligibility. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, Wisconsin has 10 sports uh, in the spring, uh, most notably probably softball. They don't have a baseball team here at Wisconsin. Um, and those seniors that uh, you know had their season cut short, or in the you know some uh, some spring track athletes, the outdoor track season didn't even get started. Uh, the NCAA is giving them uh, a, an extra year of eligibility to use. Now the NCAA also left a lot of things open to the schools to interpret on that, and the, uh, in terms of scholarships and uh, roster sizes. Now the uh, Wisconsin was the first, as far as we know, to say that uh, no, the students, student athletes that are in their fourth year of eligibility will not be able to come back next season, the 2020 spring of 2021, and play here for the Badgers. And that set off a uh, you know a lot of online uh, hand wringing about about the topic, about uh, whether that was fair. Uh, it also brought up questions of, well, where else is this going to happen? How far is this going to go? We've seen some schools that have come out and said, yes, we will bring these these student-athletes back for another year if they want to. Um, and, and it's been a lot more quiet with this on the other side. I don't think it's a particularly uh, 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 good PR move to make to uh, say, no, uh, we're done with uh, with everyone that uh, would have a chance to come back. No question, uh, Luke. Jump in here, Todd. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on today. Just to clarify, so you said uh, they're not going to re- they're not going to bring back anybody that was in the fourth year of eligibility. So basically, if you're a redshirt senior, a true senior, or a redshirt junior, you you can't come back. Yeah, there's, and this was part of the issue is that the messaging on it wasn't completely clear. So I talked to a track athlete who was about to enter her fourth season of outdoor. And so the way the NCAA works, indoor and outdoor are treated as different seasons for for track. So the indoor season was done, outdoor hadn't begun, and so she hadn't even touched that season of eligibility. Now, what her coach told her when this was all coming out was that, you're welcome to come back next season if you can pay your own way. We won't have a scholarship for you, but if you want to come back, uh, you can pay your own way. Now, that was undermined by the school's the athletic department statement, which said anyone in their fourth season of eligibility has concluded, concluded their careers uh, with Wisconsin. So their athletes were even in the dark about this, and so it's still unclear. I, I haven't heard back from... Uh, I asked that athlete to, to get in touch with me again when she found out what uh, the final decision was. 
And as far as I know, it hasn't been completely cleared up. So there, are, we know that the the seniors, the ones that were in uh, that had played uh, three full seasons and were in their fourth, they will not be able to come back. The rest are uh, a little little uh, less clear. That's just wild. You know, at Southern Miss, they haven't made an official announcement yet, but this year we had one of the best uh, high jumpers in the entire country when the season uh, concluded. I think he was like third or fourth in the country. And, you know, you think about from a from a perspective, if you had, you know, with Wisconsin track or even softball, if you've got somebody that, you know, really contributes to the program, it, it's kind of tough to tell your best athlete that they that they can't come back, you know, unless they're going to pay for it. Well, right, the, uh, the Badger softball team has the uh, returning – uh, Big Ten softball player of the year this season. And she is a senior in school, but she had an injury redshirt year uh, and also a, well, a full year off and then a redshirt year, uh, medical redshirt year. Uh, so she was only in her third season of eligibility or second. I can't I believe it's second, actually. And so she's actually going to be graduating uh, in December of next year, but she wants to attend graduate school and she thinks she's covered she'll be fine for uh being on the team next year but it was, there were still a lot of questions that needed to be answered on individual uh cases like that and and the school to me was not willing to comment on on individual uh cases you know todd those of us uh, luke and i that that cover uh a university that's part of the group of five uh and, and we have two sec schools here in this state we from from our vantage point you you're led to believe that the the power five schools have plenty of money and that they should be able to run through this problem uh, much much easier than than the smaller schools but when you hear about a school the size of wisconsin taking these kind of steps it it makes you wonder if they're not equally concerned about the financial future yes well i think that's definitely true and the Wisconsin Athletic Department, as, as what we've been told, is that they're modeling three different outcomes for a budget for next season, uh, next fiscal year, I guess. Uh, one, uh, if everything goes on as planned. Uh, two, if the fall sports are wiped out so there's no football, which is obviously the, the big revenue generator in, in all college athletics. And, and three, if they lose both fall and winter sports, so taking out men's basketball, and also here men's hockey is a, a revenue generator as well. Um, so you you take, you look at that and you can see that, yeah, there's a lot of concern about just the unknowns of what's going on here. And so I think this decision that they, they made and the one that we're talking about here, it has a little bit of financial um, uh, implications. It has a little bit of roster size implications. And the way that athletic director Barry Alvarez put it uh, on his radio show uh, when we learned about this, it has an an element of fairness overall with the university because one of the reasons he explained it with was that if there's a um, a student uh, studying abroad, they had to come home, they lose that opportunity, they don't get it back. If there's a student that was supposed to have a a last concert as a musician, they don't get that opportunity back. And so some of the faculty apparently were saying, why should student-athletes get this opportunity back when others uh, in right. you know outside of the athletic department aren't getting those same opportunities to have another year. What's your feel from, from your perspective in that part of the country about football this fall? Do you think we'll see college football the way we're used to? Uh, I, I would be really surprised if we saw it the way we're used to. I, I think everyone's going to do as much as humanly possible to get something done, something played. 
Um, and, and you know, when when we're talking about Big Ten football here, that obviously there's a uh, a big money component in having it on TV. Obviously, there's there's money in uh, in getting people in seats, but we don't know how possible that's going to be uh, with you know the, the close quarters that people would have to sit in to be in. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, with their Camp Randall's stadium here is an eighty thousand seat stadium. It's hard to imagine that being full up uh, until there's a conclusion to all this or vaccine or whatever the uh, the concluding element of this pandemic is going to be. Uh, it, it, it's hard to imagine that getting back. But given how much is on the line financially, it, it's you have to think that they're going to try anything. In, in in their power to, to get something done. One minute left in, in our segment, but you see the possibility of Wisconsin playing football with no fans in the stands? I I think I can see it. I, I don't know how many people are going to be uh, willing to back that up, given that I've read some athletic directors saying, if we're not willing to put fans in the seats, why should we be willing to put teams together uh, for the same basic reasons of, you know, uh, you're bringing a team in, let's say Ohio State comes here, or Notre Dame comes here, uh, you're bringing different groups together and, and, and possibly exposing them to uh, potential for, for being infected and, and those kind of things that it would be really tough for athletic directors, uh, the school presidents, chancellors to, to get behind, I would imagine. But uh, when push comes to shove and money's on the line, maybe that uh, makes it mm-hmm. a little more uh, possible. Well, great conversation, and I think what you've illustrated above everything else is that no matter what part of the country we live in, we're all faced with the same dilemmas right now. And uh, we really appreciate you sharing your perspective with us, and a uh, great conversation. We enjoyed having you on our show. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Todd Malowski, everybody, from the Wisconsin State Journal a journalist, sports journalist in Wisconsin with a fascinating perspective uh, from the viewpoint of the University of Wisconsin. All right, Kelly Center next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Greatly appreciate Todd Molesky from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, joining us about uh, just some how this COVID outbreak is really affecting everybody in the country uh, from a uh, financial standpoint and even affecting uh, the playing careers of student-athletes. Appreciate his uh, time and also appreciate Coach Jay Ladner for joining us. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online at toyotahattiesburg.com. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And downtown Laurel, just a quick note on tornado relief. Uh, Many of you may be 
looking to volunteer in, in wake of uh, last week's Easter tornado uh, where I'm staging out in Soso, Mississippi. Here's a number to call. Please call ahead if you want to volunteer uh, so that we can make sure that we have uh, places for you to serve. 601-577-0680-601-577-0680. If you want to serve this week, please call that number and we can direct you and I'll give you more information. Kelly Sander joins us from the beautiful uh, uh, magical land of cane break right outside Hattiesburg, <laughs> Mississippi. Didn't lose power last night, Kelly, I heard. Never happens. No, no, we, we, we pay people to ensure that doesn't happen. Nothing ever happens in cane break. And, oh, the rich. How the rich. Yeah, uh, you know, after, after Hurricane Katrina, we were the first people to have our electricity on. Of Thank course. You very much. Needless to say. Now, never mind, we're, we're attached to the same generator that, uh, that uh, takes care of then Wesley Medical Center, which is very important, and uh, very fortunate that that happened. Is all that in your HOA fees or what? Yeah, it is. It is in our homeowners. Yeah, we if we don't want to do something, we simply pay somebody else to do it. It's a good thing for Wesley Medical Center. They were attached to the cane break feed, don't you think? Oh, is that what they're saying? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, they're just grateful to you guys for mutual sure. Mutual respect. Well, you yeah. guys were talking about uh, the situation up at the University of Wisconsin, which we talked about last week. Well. Louisiana Tech of Conference USA has made an announcement. The athletic director, Tommy McClellan, told the Monroe, Louisiana newspaper, the News Star, that even though the NCAA has ruled that seniors for the spring can come back next year and will be provided another year of eligibility, Louisiana Tech said the only scholarships they will offer will be baseball and softball. Other spring sports, including track and field, tennis and golf, will not have any scholarships when they come back. If the seniors from baseball and softball do go back at Louisiana Tech next year, again, their scholarships will be honored. But the most it would be would be six baseball players and four softball players. But interesting that Louisiana Tech said that uh, those other spring sports, including tennis, golf, and um, what's the other one I'm missing? Track and field. Um, that they could come back, but they would have to go on their own dime. But um, Louisiana Tech said softball and baseball, you're good to go if you come back, but other sports, no. You know, Kelly, I hate to even mention this, uh, but I wanted to get your take on this. Don't you see lawsuits just around the corner? Well, you would think that's the first thing everybody says. Well, how, how can they do that? How can they, you know, pick two sports and not the other ones? And, Insiders are telling us, Bob, that there that there are a couple of um, uh, fans, uh, alumni of Louisiana Tech who like baseball and softball, who have told the school that for any of the seniors that come back, they privately will pick up the cost of those scholarships so that the school is not having to put its money out there. That's that's a way that they can get around it, I would think. Yeah. Um, so again, if private donors came up and said, "Look, I'll any of the baseball guys want to come back, I'll foot their bill," and likewise with softball, and I'm sure the school would probably say the same thing right. if if donors wanted to pay for track scholarships and tennis and golf, that they would do the same thing. But right now, um, the only money that's there, apparently from private donors, mm-hmm. is for scholarships to be picked up for softball and baseball should they elect to come back. Right. But you would think that most of these athletes will move on, especially right. if they've graduated. And I don't mean just specifically this situation at Louisiana Tech, but the guy we just talked to from Wisconsin talking about they're not going to honor scholarships for certain spring sports and stuff. 
to me, it would just seem almost impossible that somebody down the line is not going to think that they have a case, and, and we're going to see some of this stuff uh, hashed out in court. Oh, I've, I've seen people go to court for, for a lot less. Right. You know, than this, but then the NCAA has been petitioned, you know, to to lower the attendance figures coming up for the fall to remain a Division One school, to lower the number of total sports being offered, because uh, th- th- these are going to be financial hardships that none of these schools have ever had to experience this deeply. So right. it's going to it's going to have to make people extremely creative and. My opinion is the NCAA is going to have to respond in kind, even if it's for a, you know, a waiver for two or three years or something you know, like that. Uh, everybody's in the same boat here, and it was nobody's fault that this happened. Right. So no, you're I, right. I would think that the NCAA would have to come across with some blanket exemptions for two or three years, but we'll see. So look, Kelly, the next time I'm sitting in my bathroom with my wife and two dogs and no power and storms blowing through – can I call you and get one of the, maybe you could send one of the cane break guys over to get my electricity back on? As long as you don't tell people that you came over here, Bob, because we have certain standards that we even let visit. <laughs> that would definitely apply to me, would it not? You know, cane break comes from the Latin cane brachius, which means to, to pay way too much for a third of an acre. <laughs> All right, we're going to repeat a show tomorrow that Nick Mullins interview, San Francisco 49er quarterback Nick Mullins had a great Great conversation with Nick. We're going to replay that for you tomorrow, and then we'll be back live uh, come Wednesday, uh, and we'll have Dr. Horn and some other stuff on the show for you Wednesday. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening each and every day. And until the next time, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.